Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? It's Tuesday and we're all back together for another fun-filled, excellent, somewhat mediocre night of the What's in Your Head podcast. Uh, somewhat, but it's way mediocre. Okay, the way mediocre What's in Your Head podcast. And joining us, as always, from Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I am doing good. I had an interesting run-in with a, um, I'll just say it, homeless person. Well, before we get that story, let's introduce our guest so he's not waiting in the wings. Okay. Uh, joining us. No, I, I really want to hear this homeless person. We'll, we'll get right to it. But joining us from Texas, once again, friend of the show, Mr. R.J. Nevins. R.J., how you doing tonight? What's going on? We don't gentlemen? care. We got to get to the homeless story. Gordon, go. Right. <laughs> so I work for a predominant contractor here in the Las Vegas Valley, and uh, our offices are located over what's now right next to Allegiant Stadium which they get the benefits of, you know, doing some paid parking with. And, and with that, they've uh, added a bunch of lights around the building. Benefits? Well, a lot of lights. I'm talking a lot of lights. It's for security. It is, you know, kind of company that could be robbed for valuable commodities. Would you say it's careful. equal to or exceeding the light level of my neighbor's UFO house? Oh, it's exceeding. <laughs> it's exceeding to the point that it has caused a small confrontation between this homeless gentleman and about four or five employees. Well, you know, floodlights do brighten up a tent on the inside, and depending on the color of said tent, if it's like a pink or a fuchsia or maybe a teal green, it can make a little uncomfortable ambiance in the middle of your tent at three in the morning. So I can kind of understand. Well, I had pulled in. I heard this has happened once, and I had pulled in and getting out of the car and shuffling my way in the work, as one would do at 6.30 in the morning. And this gentleman comes up. Uh, I said, hey, can I talk to you? I'm like, Okay. This guy's got Beats headphones on. He's actually looking okay. Like mine? The studio version? Uh, not, not the studio version, probably a little lower. But oh, needless headphones. to say, he had to identify himself as his ethnic background homeless guy. So he has the $250 headphones on being a homeless guy. Yeah. Where does and one charge he, your Beats wireless headphones in a tent? Well, it's not even a tent. That's the that's the interesting thing. And he, he proceeded to tell me that he feels that those in our building had decided to put this light up to shine down on his place he squats out, which is on a balcony in the building behind us. So let me just make sure we're all on the same page here. According to this gentleman of the wild, he thinks that your business spent, oh, I don't know, let's say a couple of thousand dollars on labor and equipment to install light strictly for the purpose of inconveniencing him. 100%. Now, it is a temporary light. Sound business plan. The wall. Sound business plan. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and he said, I've lived here for four years. Me and the building owner have an agreement. And I'm thinking, hey, building changed hands like last year. So I'm fucking doubting it, number well, one. When you're in the street, and, you're not up the exit. And, 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 and number two, you know, I'm like, I listen, sir, it's, it's just for security. Well, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, he thinks he's basically being being um outed to, to get out of there and i wanted to say well maybe it's time to move on sir because he to proceeded on. to tell me that he's been homeless for four years and he's working on getting himself uh in the right direction and i'm thinking hmm four years i think you're that's set in concrete at this point you know yeah sadly he, he's probably my our age range 
uh, maybe a little older. Wow. And, uh, you know, and but what's interesting is I had to run off a separate homeless guy later that day. Just tooling back uh, across the, the lobby at one of our receptionists. Uh, said, hey, uh, there's a guy out front. I don't I don't know what he wants. And I said, oh, I'll go. You're a big guy. Go take care of him. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, gee, thanks. <laughs> well, I had my Boston Scally hat on, which evidently makes it look like I got some attitude. So I walked out there, and I look around the corner. There's a tweaky-looking white kid leaning up against the building, kind of squatted down. Thought mm-hmm. it may have been our former <clears throat> guy for a little bit. Kind of, kind of looked the same. Was he cupping no a beach. smoke? Was he cupping a smoke? Yeah, no, not wearing beats. Yeah, no not beats. wearing beats. And I just looked at him and I said, in the famous, can I help you? And uh, he just looked at me and said, private property, move along. No problems with that kid. But man, that one guy, I saw him today. He walked by me. That other guy walked by me again this morning. Didn't say shit this time. But uh, yeah. Excuse me. Um, Generation Z Kyle here. Um, I, I have to step out and ask you a question. Why do you hate homeless people, sir? They're just people who are down on their luck. It's be- everybody knows it's because of high prices and rent in Vegas and California that if you landlords and property owners would just provide free housing, it wouldn't be an issue at all. Why do you hate homeless people? Don't hate homeless people, Kyle. <laughs> homeless people hate themselves. You know, luckily, I, I don't have any negative run-ins with homeless people down here. Obviously, we have them. I, I did find one day... A, a, Although... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I will, well, I do got a new saying is, you know, hey, people from California, please don't move here. But you're more than welcome to visit and kindly take a homeless guy back with you. You know what the perfect use for homeless people is? That's the motto in Texas as well. That sounds well, that's also say Californians get. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're going to. Where at in Texas are you? I'm in Houston. Houston. Okay, so it's not Austin bad. No, yet, he's then, in huh? real Texas. He's not in I think we Texas. just fired our election official here because she, she already, there was 10,000 ballots that went missing for the primary election here. And so our uh, extremely liberal county judge who appointed this unelected lady, she just resigned today because they found 10,000 ballots hidden after the election. Oh, okay. conveniently so, huh? Here's the inconveniently so. I think thing. I saw Dan Crenshaw talk about of, something yeah, like that. Yeah, 6,000 of those ballots were for Democrats. 4,000 were for Republicans. So, hey, Gordon, turn your mic down just a smidge. Where does one hide 10,000 ballots? I mean, smidge. I'm sure they're a little bit thicker than a dollar bill. And now I've never had the luxury to have $10,000 bills stacked in front of me. But I'm sure, well, actually, ballots are probably a little bit bigger. But where does one... Yeah. Is that a duffel like, bag? Is that a suitcase? Or is that a strictly... I think they're on like, um, like imagine uh, a legal size piece of paper. I guess mm-hmm. it's like 11 by 14. So Each person that votes, there's two. Because we had like 100 things to vote on in this primary. So it took up two pieces of paper. So you're thinking a fat um, manila envelope. <laughs> so our voting machines... Like this. Yeah. There you go. Our voting machines out here worked a little differently. And I, I think I almost trust them. So you, you go through your vote. You, you plug everything in, ask you to review your review. Then it says, please review the paper ballot as it prints. And you look over to the right and it, it goes through. Right. And if you get- yeah, that's how ours work. Yeah. Would it be for auditing purposes? Would it be too much of a hassle that once you put in your giant Scantron card and it spits it out and you do what Gordon just said, that it would spit out a receipt of the results and you staple it to the hard copy that you submitted and then put that in the envelope. So if they ever want to audit it, they can see that your, your handwritten version matches what the computer computed. Would that be a bridge too far and require way too much receipt paper? No idea. <laughs> we, we had to show it. We had to show an ID to vote this time though. We actually had to literally 
hand the person. Oh, so the voter, the voter suppression was in full force, huh? You know, I don't. don't, You mean that that ID that you have to have to function in life, right? (laughs) To cash a check, to get an electric bill, to have a place to live. Yeah. Not only that, but remember when Obama was in office and they were going after Arizona because Arizona had the audacity to enforce federal law requiring ids and it's like yeah, right. when i was a kid and i got pulled over in my friend's car as a passenger in the state of ohio i was required over the age of 16 to have some sort of state mm-hmm. id i wasn't voting i was sitting in a car in my friend's chevy as he was driving down the street getting pulled over so even at the age of 16 you know you were at least in ohio you're required to have some sort of identification we so gotta, it only makes gotta, sense that when you're going to go vote a sketchy skater punk yeah right Oh, you got skates. Yeah. I was going to say earlier, uh, you know what the, this is what sounds so bad. You know what the best use of a, a good homeless person is? You know how, like, when you empty out your closet and your dresser and you have the good intentions of dropping shit off down at Goodwill, but it sits in your trunk for six months or in the back of your truck in the cab because, well. Your closet. I got a bag of shit in my closet right now. So we, it's, it's the story. I had some jeans. They were uh-huh. sitting in the back seat of my truck. And for two weeks, I just never, uh, too busy, always forgot about them. And then I went downtown to, uh, take some stuff to the bar for uh, my brother-in-law's wedding dinner at the time. And there was a young cat. He, I got down there at 10 and he was down there and then, you know, we're all, and then I went back that night and he was still there. So I was like, Oh, I got something for you. I went back to my car and just <laughs> unloaded like five pairs of jeans. Sadly, they're like my fat jeans from when I was 38, not the age, but the size. And this cat was like 32 and he's looking at, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with these? Like, I got a belt. Well, you're, no, that, the problem is, that, is you're that, leaving money on the table. Actually, huh? that's when he turned on to, do you have a belt? <laughs> no, I can't. Did you ask him for a receipt so you can put it against your taxes? Oh, I don't even do that. <laughs> I mean, that's, will. Oh, you got to do that. I mean, and it's legit. If you're donating things, just get the receipt. Come yeah, but on. I thought I thought write-offs only count if they made up like 30% of your income or some shit like that. If After, I think if you're over 20000 can you get that 20000 deal? Anything over that kind of helps. So, RJ, you were just in, you went dark. Like, I thought maybe you got shadow banned and kicked off all the platforms. And then I was texting you. At this time. And then you you hit me with the new phone, who this? Gee, thanks for copying me to the SIM card, fella. I'm I'm not even SIM card status, Gordon. I'm saved on phone contact. Oh, hey, man. Let's let's talk about that. You you pushed me to the SMS trash text message. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not even at the level of SIM card contact. I'm saved to phone contact, but that's all right. I got the new phone. Who's this? And I, I was like, you want to come on the show? And he's like, well, technically, I can't do anything internet related for 30 days. I got something cool going on. Well, clearly, here you are on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and all the other places we're currently streaming to right now. So clearly, you've been released back to the world of the internet, but... What happened and uh, exactly how did that go? Good, good story. Um, Chelsea saw, my wife saw a, uh, an advertisement. She was watching Fox News, saw an advertisement for a contest from Kahlua, you know, Kahlua Rum. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. It wasn't an advertisement for my pillow and or the $50 vegetable fruit thing. You know, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Dinovites. Don't forget Dinovites. No, for like the last three weeks, the only commercials, I'm convinced that Fox News is funded by my pillow and those fruits and vegetable pills. That's the only commercials they play. That's all I see on there, too. It's it's amazing. The the 40-year-old skateboarder. The free thing of fruits and vegetable pills. They they Um, sold me, and I went online. I was like, I want to get some of those Amazon. $100, $50, $100, $50, a, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'll just go yeah. buy some carrots, thanks. Yeah. 
so we made a video and at the very last minute we entered it into this contest, right? And so we just made a funny video as us rapping kind of Beastie Boys style. It was actually really fun. When we, uh, we did it 11 o'clock at night, had it submitted by midnight and um, lo and behold, they chose us to be the grand finalist. We were the only couple in North America chosen. So we were the chosen ones out of everybody that entered all three people that entered, they chose us. I'm just kidding. I have no idea how many people entered. Um, and the whole gist of the contest was from 6.30 p.m. to 6.30 a.m., we had to be internet free off our phones, you know, no television, all that stuff. We just kind of had to go dark. And the whole thing, the whole, uh, you know, gist of the contest was for us to reconnect with each other. Aww. It was pretty cool. I know it was great. And who was the who was the uh, sponsor for this? Uh, Kalua Rum. Nice. Right. So, so if they, you had you... TV that only streamed via the internet, was that also part of the mix? Yeah, we couldn't do anything. The only thing they said we could do was if there was an emergency. Watch Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> only if you had a my pillow and you were giving your dog Dynavite. <laughs> <laughs> and you're we buying gold and silver. <laughs> yeah, you're buying gold and silver. Uh, yeah, man. So pretty much everything was off the table. We couldn't do anything for but, 30 know, days for 30 days. And, um, they sent us this huge box. I'm not kidding you, man. This thing is like, it looks like something, a band, like a roadie wheels up on the stage and it's a, about the size of a huge speaker box. It's almost five feet tall. Like almost, the crate and a Christmas story that said fragile on it. Man, that's about how big it was. <laughs> and it was, and it's all awesome. French for kick me. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. And they had a, uh, for, for each night, there was a different gift in there. So we would open up one of these gifts and it could have been like Trivial Pursuit or it could have been like, uh, um, gosh, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff, puzzles and all this other stuff. So it was stuff for us to do at night. It was like every night we had a date to do. It was pretty awesome. And so... Um, Did they have you filling out like a daily blog or a diary or something just to see how it was a change in your life or affecting your relationship at all? Or was it just, we're going to trust you to do your thing? Part of the, um, part of the big kit thing they sent us, they sent us a Polaroid camera and that's how we were documenting it at night. Um, and the, I mean, the box was huge. It was, I mean, I was like, damn, did we get to keep this box? It was full of, it was full of almost $4,000. He's like a stuff. cat. You buy him all this shit and he just wants the box. Yeah. I just wanted to get inside it like a little kid on Christmas. I don't care about the toys. I just want to get inside this box. I make myself a rocket. <laughs> and um, yeah, here, here's the funny thing. And oh, at the end of it, at the end of the 30 days, how they would um, kind of confirm that we didn't get on the internet and all this other stuff. They were going to send somebody to our house to give us a polygraph. Hmm. It's very crazy, right? Um, and of course, they had the ability to, if we failed something, some part of it, they had the ability to override it, right? But about eight days into this contest, I got COVID. I'm still alive, guys. I made it. Yep. All three of us have had it. Right. Yep. We're all, we all made it. And, um, so Chelsea mentioned to to the guy who was, you know, kind of in contact with, like, oh, and Bob got COVID. This is great because we can just stay at home now. We're going to do all these things. It's Uh-oh. great. The next day, they said, hey, can you guys hop on a Zoom call with us? Uh-oh. You didn't so read subsection did. 4-5. <laughs> no. So we did. And the first thing he said, the first thing him and his and the other lady on the phone said was, hey, um, we just want you guys to know 
that the grand prize was $25,000. So they were like, we just want you to know that the $25,000 is yours. But, um, but we're going to go ahead and just kind of cancel the contest because they wanted us to promote it and hashtag it, you know, and, and hype the media. And of course, you know, we, we signed over licensing rights and everything to the video we made. So I, I was suspecting that. They I don't were know why they would cancel because of COVID though. Well, I think the concern was that I was going to give it to Chelsea because we were doing these intimate little oh. date night things. And then, you know, that, that, three percent chance of Chelsea getting COVID. Something bad actually happened. So, if I get this correct, you got this contest. You got COVID. Didn't have to do the COVID test and still walked away with the money. It was the easiest money in the world, man. Jesus, <laughs> Don. If it wasn't for bad luck, well, you, my man, would have none at all. <laughs> well, it's so, just so they sent us the check. We cashed it. It actually cashed. It worked. And so you only but, had to, you, know, you only had to do eight days out of thirty. Yeah, I mean, you know, my Don's met my wife before. He, he knows how Chelsea is. Chelsea's like, oh, hell no. We're, we're doing, doing it. it. And that's yeah, good. We're doing this. Yeah. And so we went ahead and did it. We, we, we made you a got, couple. You got to make it honest money, right? Yeah, I mean, I would feel <laughs> bad spending all that money and thinking, no, I'm just kidding. I would not feel bad. They, um, yeah, but I mean, we made a couple. Like, we watched the Super Bowl, and um, I think we watched a couple, like, Pam and Tommy's that documentary or not documentary that show. I have not and seen so, that yet. That's not a show, sir. That's a film. It's a film. Yes. I it's, a seen it yet. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Now, on that note. I know your, your wife is more the social media butterfly and the poster and all that. How on day one, 6 a.m. You guys put your phones away, your tablets away and this and that. Uh, 6, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. So it's nighttime. So half the time we're sleeping. That's you know that was great. But the next so morning, no detox, no uh, well that's what I'm no getting jitters, to. That's what no jitters, no. That's what I'm getting to. The very next morning you wake up and everybody's habit is to grab the phone, sit on the toilet, and watch some TikToks or maybe check Instagram right. or whatever. Yeah. How good. I'm sure she had more withdrawal than you did. I gotta look at the damn shampoo bottles again. <laughs> Just like 1994. <laughs> Nobody has magazines. I'll pronounce these words. <laughs> ah, now moving on to the conditioner. You know, it's funny see what the difference is. You know, it's funny you say that because like the big TikTok trend now is everybody's realizing that their French vanilla is nothing but corn syrup with flavoring in it. And I, I bet, oh, right. I bet somebody's battery was dead and they're on their way to the bathroom. They just grabbed that son bitch off the counter, sat down, and started reading. And said, "Oh man, oh, honey, where's the Reader's Digest at? Turn it right down just a little bit, Gordon." <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I had to read shampoo bottles, I don't know about you guys, but my wife has about. 50 different types of conditioners and all of them are that's a novel and all of them are empty why it's like a different chapter and all of them are empty and they're sitting in the bottom of your shower it's like i just have head and shoulders shit that's all i need i'm like why do you need 14 different bottles of shampoo? have you guys ever gotten to the i have the the glass sliding shower doors but since i'm tall there's like a three four foot gap above the top and i'll get in there and i'll reach out for shampoo empty i just start lobbing them over the door into the bathtub like grenades i empty yeah yeah (laughs) empty how many, how many goddamn, so by the time I'm out of there, there's three bottles left because there's six empty ones stacked up in the bathtub that I bounced off my wall. Honey, I don't know what happened, but I'm all out of shampoo and hair products now. But did she, did she, was the first day kind of rough for the two of you? I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't think it was. I mean, I think the big thing was, is I just started a new job. And oh, so I, no email. So I had to, so I had to, yeah. So nighttime was, you know, I'm used to working 24 seven, no matter kind of what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, so that was pretty interesting. Yeah. 
But that's the only thing about it. I was going to say, I bet after like day five or six, you guys were just like, God, this is fucking awesome. It reminds us when we were teenagers again. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like that. Actually, we were going to bed at like eight o'clock at night and sleeping until six or seven the next morning. I mean, I got so much good sleep. I mean, honestly, I have to say, we told the Kahlua people this too, like, uh, yeah, and that's the reason why we wanted to go all the way through it. It's like, man, we just wanted to see what it was like to be completely disconnected, at least just for those 12 hours out of the day. And it was fantastic. And then, well, he, if you think about it, Kahlua had a little extra money to spend because of the spike in alcohol sales during. COVID. Oh, I know. So I they know. give a little away. And then the day he logs on, what what's going on in Ukraine? Holy shit! <laughs> Turn the phone back off. <laughs> no fuck, we're sliding into the World War Three real quick. Got to make a new documentary. All right. <laughs> you know, I said it before. That's one of my one of the top five lists of my favorite things when I go out and do those World War Two weekends. Is it's mm-hmm. the only time that. My family and everybody knows that I won't be answering texts. Leave me a voicemail. I'll get up. I'll I'll pull my phone out of my pocket maybe once every three hours, turn it on. If I'm in a location, I actually get signal. Right. I'll check my voicemail, but I'll, I usually I'll pull it out long enough to take some photos, and then I won't upload anything until you know I don't that week. And it's and it's so nice to a not be on the phone all day. Two, we're outside for 48 hours straight. Three, at the when the sun goes down, you're sitting around a campfire all night. You throw back some uh, booze and you go pass out in a tent on the ground for a few hours. You get up and do it all over again. It's a good time. It's the reason I like to disappear to the mountains for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you were talking about homeless earlier. Oh, uh, real quick. I went to the gym tonight before the, the show. Yeah, I thought you were cutting it kind of close. I saw that check in. I was like, oh, he's oh. either going to be really tired or amped up. Well, I did the same thing last night. We had uh, Scott Gibson from uh, HBS The Pacific on the What's the Scuttlebutt last night, and I did like a 35-minute yeah. session on my mixed fitness bike just to wake me up and get me going. But um, I don't know if this is a result of the pandemic. I don't know if this is a result of me after 13 years leaving the old man um, cardio gym known as Planet Fitness and going to Crunch Fitness. I, um, it could be a little bit of both, but... One thing I've noticed at Crunch Fitness, and it's it's a great thing. I'm not knocking it at all. It's super crowded, but there seems to be a lot more 16, uh, 23-year-old cats hitting the gym, guys and girls. I don't know if these – I don't know if it's because you're starting to see more and more, like, uh, CrossFit chicks and shit on Instagram or maybe this younger generation, they don't want to be the obese Americans that, you know, we're all blamed to be. But I'm starting – and it's a good thing, you know, because we're all somehow kids don't move. They don't – worry about they're all busy playing xbox i would say the gym was clear asses to, assholes to elbows tonight and i would say 60 percent of them were young cats and it's maybe like maybe it's a lot of joe rogan listeners you know he's it, got a big base and he preaches it so it could be or you know it could be you know maybe some of these cats are actually watching the pandemic and hearing that mm-hmm. you know it's all the heavy set kids or maybe it's just the generation swings the other way you know they don't want to be like their generation not uh, they're millennial brothers. I don't know, but I'm seeing a lot more young cats in the gym, and it's like fucking sweet. We you just know. joined a new gym. We we kind of got rid. We were at Snap Fitness for the longest time, and um, Chelsea didn't like it anymore. We'd been there for a couple couple of years actually, so we just joined. Um, I think it's called Fitness Project. It's a pretty good place. Isn't it weird after you've been going to the gym for a long ass time, and even if you go visit with on somebody else's pass, you just especially like in the freeway area, you just feel like you're in the way because you're not familiar with the environment. You don't know really where, where can I stand to be out of everybody's oh, way. Yeah. It takes you're you like the, a you're good the new guy, right? It takes you like guy. a good two weeks to get comfortable working out in those areas. 
No, that's true, man. I completely agree with that. Yeah, it takes a minute to figure out where everything is. And dude, this fitness project place is huge. There's different areas, you know, and all kinds of stuff. They have classes. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it. It took me a couple of weeks to settle in. Yeah, heck, kind of part, of that's just, uh, part of that's just the vibe of the people around you, just trying to figure yeah. out, you know, who, who is what. I know this we wasn't mostly... used to all the I wasn't used to all the girls flirting with me. That's the thing. It was so <laughs> It, well, the thing that caught me uh, off, the thing that caught me off guard at, at Crunch is they have one of the Bikram yoga rooms, right? The the hot yoga where it's like 128 degrees, whatever the fuck it is in there. But they keep the heater on even when there's no class. I guess they have to maintain that heat because I guess it would take too long. But you mm-hmm. figure, well, if I got class on Monday at 9 a.m., let's just turn the heat on at 11 p.m. on Sunday night. But there's a sign that says, please keep the door shut. Even if there's no one in here, we have to keep the heat on, like, all the time, which just seems weird and, like, a waste of energy to me. But yeah, I mean, the environment well, went insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, and plus, you know, when it's uh, summertime there, I'm sure it's not a lot of energy that it really takes to get it up that extra three degrees than well, outside. I haven't looked in there, but it almost looks like they got, like, cedar planks or like wood on and the that wall. may be why it's got to stay seasoned to the the, the condition of the rooms or it'll start warping or and or cracking you know you and chelsea posted um uh, it's so great when you guys do your instagram videos or whatever because they have your direct trail flare on it's just not some boring old video it looks like you you spent at least 20 minutes in the edit bay you guys were out doing some hiking out around texas where was that in texas yeah, man, isn't that crazy that that exists in Texas? Yeah, that's big. That's Big Bend National Park. We went there actually last last year. I think I forgot when it was. It was right. When that's Cody right down on the border, right? Yeah, it's literally on the border, man, and it it is beautiful down there, man. It is like the it's like the Grand Canyon, and there's this really pretty place down there called Terlingua, and um, it's I think whatever the stargazing scale is it's like mm. number one in the stargazing scale i mean you can sit outside we sat outside so many nights and just like watch the milky way above us man i could actually see the milky way yeah i mean it was when i was a kid oh yeah you guys do quite a bit of traveling is that primarily you or chelsea or the both of you who just likes to get out and go uh it's it's mainly chelsea she really likes to get out and go places i mean um i mean i'm i'm fine with doing it too she's she she would go everywhere of course you know she her job allows her to, because she can work from home. I mean, she, we go down to Terlingua. We were down in Big Bend. She was working, you know, so um, it's easier for her, man. But that place, that place is great. Chelsea's constantly checking the Starlink map to figure out when she can go to fucking the drain force and be able to get a good signal on her laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Ukraine, here we come. Yeah, no, we did. We did a lot of we did a lot of hiking down in um, Big Bend. There were some really good hikes there, and uh, yeah. Really, really good places. There, there was one point I can't remember the name of the the trail we were on, but uh, we ran across like four or five black bears. They were literally no no joke, thirty feet from the path, and we just, hey we bear. just walked right on past them. Hi bears. Yeah, it was, it was nothing. I tell you, when I was in Montana, we'd have some black bears. This is in Big Sky. We have some black bears come down there and uh, and in the tourist area, the base area, and and as an employee, we basically you run them off like a dog. Yeah, you know, yeah, the black bears really aren't. I got to run this funny looking dog off. Don't pin it between cars taking pictures either. That's <laughs> not going to end well for you. Yeah. Montana's beautiful too, man. Oh, I miss it. 
Marvin, uh, uh, Marvin, Martin is checking in from New York. He said, COVID is gone in New York City, finally. I guess they're finally lacking up on their mask mandates. You know, after the Ukraine thing started, and, and about time, you know, we're seeing all these, you know, State of the Union addresses and all these videos of Biden and Saki and Harris and um, Stretch Face Pelosi. They're up at the podium. They've all gotten rid of the mask, which is great. About fucking time. But it still amazes me now that we've gotten to that point that there's still these big corporate chains that are making their their employees still wear the goddamn mask. It's like, okay, the president's not even doing the ruse anymore. You're still going to make the, your barista wear the mask? I was telling Gordon the other day, RJ, I went, through the, I went through the drive-thru and the barista had a mask on. He had like a the mask made out of like the um, Wickaway gym shirts. But then it was like perforated with like teardrop eye ho- uh, air holes in the front. It's like... I get it what he's doing. You know, he has to wear it. But it's just like, come on. I mean, you're at the point where you're wearing a mask with holes in it. Just take the fucking I mean, even off. the CDC has pretty much said, uh, these things are worthless. Wait, didn't you say that at the beginning, too? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting, you know, I my, my whole story with that is pretty crazy. I've got a long history with the whole it's, vaccine mandate and all that other stuff. It's, you know, I was, unfortunately... I was one of the probably one of, if not the first person fired in America for not getting the vaccine. I worked for Houston Methodist Hospital. They were the first private company in America to mandate the vaccine. And that was back in. Thus the cool shirt, huh? Thus the cool shirt. Yeah, this is (laughs) what uh, some of my some of my nurse friends there who, who left and filed the lawsuit along with me and some of those other nurses against the hospital. Well, and, and that's just it. I was wondering how this is going to, how they're going to square everything if they're getting rid of all the vaccine mandates and, you know, those who rode through without getting it is like, Hey, I'm good. And it's like, well, you know, what about the people that are forced? Does yeah. it give them any cause, you know, what's going to happen? Or yeah. it, it's quite interesting. Well, you know, our, our law- lawsuit right now, it was dismissed by the trial judge down here. We have a mass action. Suit. It's so crazy. This is happening in Texas, by the way, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You would have never thought it. I mean, it's like, you know, I ran so fast to get to Texas and then all of a sudden it's like clamped down. Problem is you don't live in Fort Worth, son. Oh gosh. (laughs) That's Tarrant County and Fort Worth. That's, that's probably even more liberal than really than Harris County. Yeah. It's, it's pretty liberal up in the Dallas area. I mean, Harris County's, you know, Texas is weird, right? Cause it's the major cities are all super blue. Right. When you look at the chart, oh, just like those, America, just like America. And once you get out of those like urban areas, I mean, it's all red. It's it's amazing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the uh, our lawsuit was dismissed initially by Judge Hughes here in, in town, um, who is, by the way, the most overturned judge out there. And so, uh, you know, we filed an appeal and it's sitting over in the Fifth Circuit Court over in New Orleans and we're just waiting for those appellate judges. We filed our brief. Houston Methodist filed their brief. Now they're just sitting. They've had they've had Methodist um, briefs or their response to our brief probably now for about a, close to a month. And so we're expecting those judges. They'll either come back. Three things are going to happen, right? They'll either come back and side with us. They'll side against us. Which either way, if it happens, it's going to be appealed. You know, if they side against us, we'll appeal it. If they side for Methodists, we'll appeal it. Um, or they'll call for oral arguments, and then our attorneys get to go down there and fight it out in front of the judges. So 
Do you that's th- kind of what I want. Well, and that's what's interesting. When that last big lawsuit got kicked from the fifth to the sixth up in Cincinnati, which yeah. had more uh, conservatives on it, and that's our hometown. Um, I was surprised that it didn't go the way that the conservatives would hope. And yeah, I, was, I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in our courts right now. They're they're especially saying the Supreme Court, even though they struck down some of those mandates they kept the one for healthcare workers for some odd reason or another i'm not sure and that's the paid for and that's the insanity (laughs) too it's like you hear these stories where oh we fired all these nurses who were and who refused to get the jab but then they're like okay those of you who got covid and got sick come on back and go to work (laughs) yeah why not just call back it's the weirdest thing and um you know it's just uh it's just kind of a clusterfuck of people who got caught up in front of it really quick. And, um, you know, a lot of people, even, even back in early 2020, they started using it for a political purpose. I mean, I can't tell you how many times governor Abbott and some of the, some of the other folk, Congressman Al Green and Sheila Lee Jackson and all these ridiculous idiots down here. Um, we're walking the halls of Houston Methodist with, you know, our, our the leaders of that hospital. So, I mean, there's, there's certain for. things there. I tell you, I feel like I was coerced by my sleep doctor um, because I, I've got a being few. being molested by your sleep doctor. Well, I ended oh up with. Oh, my God. The, That's a story. Let's hear it. <laughs> no. Well, I ended up with a uh, with the jab, but it was because uh, I have a, I was kind of watching the, the comorbidity scale. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I had a few things going on and. I've got a CPAP machine. I'm I'm heavy, and but everything else is actually fairly healthy with me. But I was I had a really bad what I thought was allergies last year. It was horrible, from like beginning of this time of the year through July or so. And and I went to my sleep doctor. I noticed he was an allergy doctor. Also said, hey, while I'm here, you know, blah blah blah. He said, oh yeah, you know, you got asthma. Like asthma. What what are you talking about? He goes, it's all over your record. I'm like, I got allergic rhinositis come to find out yeah. i don't have that either but uh <laughs> you know this and that and i'm like okay maybe my comorbidity is getting there if i croak it's not going to do my wife any favors so i'll go ahead and do it got the jab third uh, of july weekend here in vegas four days later come down with delta no oh, isn't that crazy yeah yeah then i ended up uh i, I saw so i was doing the online deal with the doctors and the and the pas and like, you know, go on down to the urgent care just to get checked out because of this, this, and this. And I did. And they wanted to give me the monoclonals, which I'm like, stoked. Okay, cool. They're yeah. like, oh, do you have uh, clots? I was like, well, I did have uh, some some uh, veins ablated earlier in the year. That sounds the year before, which I concerned that clotting is a side effect of that and thrombosis. Yeah, sure. So I said, okay. And they're like, okay, we've got to get you a CT scan. Okay, it's 117 degrees outside. They couldn't give me a CT scan because the room was too hot. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get it cooled enough. Mm-hmm. So I, I ended up going to the emergency room and <laughs> at a hospital that I chose. And I went in. It was like a bomb went off. All the testing went great. They went to give me the CT scan. I He, he hit me with the image. The iodine didn't even kick in until after the image was almost done. So his timing was off. Oh, and they're no. talking to me, and they're like uh, – you know, we're going to check you in because, you know, your your creatine levels are a little elevated. Your D-dimer is a little elevated. We just want to keep an eye on you. So I ended up in the hospital over the weekend. Come to find out, I was looking at my previous previous Quest diagnostic stuff. My, my, my creatine has been a little elevated. I may have to get that checked out. But, uh, um, 
needless to say, I ended up with it and got the monoclonal. When I got the monoclonal, my temperature that night spiked to 104.5. Oh, man. So we called the hospital back, and they're like, just put them in ice water in the bathtub. If it doesn't come down, come in. It came down real quick. Oh, shit, no. the ice maker's broke. <laughs> the, it came down real quick and didn't have a fever, but did feel like garbage. Yeah. So while we had COVID, we decided to watch Black Sunday, and that's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're feeling like garbage and you're watching a you know a zombie-type pandemic, as Don would say, that nobody's held precious there. No. And, uh, uh, and, and got through it. But, uh, yeah, I just felt like at the end of the day, him telling me I had asthma when I've gone to... Th- two allergists since then and they're like no you, you don't have asthma actually you're you're you don't even hardly have allergies it's just what we call dust it's an irritant uh, so uh went through all that to say oh, i feel like there's a little pushed because yeah. that guy was very pro but three of my other medical doctors including a um a uh, two pas and a uh a infectious disease guy said don't take the boat don't take the second dose they're three here in vegas and I, I did go against them because you know my wife did get it and i'm like well shit she's doing it i better do it too because they ain't gonna well, you know, there's, there's so many i honestly i know so many people that i mean have, that have gotten the jabs a lot of people i know haven't opted to get the booster they just see no reason yeah, to get it. no boosters for me just <laughs> And, and, you know, honestly, 98% of those people, I'd say, that I know that went out and got the jabs, I'm fine. I'm fine, too. No no a weird things. I know, a couple of people I know had, like, some shingles side effects. Um, a few people I know um, came down with, like, like, three days later after getting the second jab, had a Bell's palsy reaction and just, Ooh, like, wow. fell out. Yeah, that actually happened to um, uh, Alan West. You know, he was... He's kind of, he was in the primary, he was going to run for governor here yeah. against Abbott. And, um, you know, he's been at some of our events that we've had for, you know, raising money and everything. And, um, you know, his daughter, he, he, she took the jab and she fell out in church with, you know, Damn. Bell's palsy side effect. So, oh, wow. you know, that stuff does happen. It's few and far between, but when somebody I think is telling you that you have to take it, I was at my job for 10 years whenever they told me to take it. I was like, you know. I'm just not. And this was in April of 2020. That's yeah. right. When Johnson and Johnson was, you know, all the, the uh, blood clotting issues and everything were coming out. And um, I'm like, you know what? I think I'll pass. You can just go ahead and fire me. Well, I'll one thing. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I, I was I've thought about is people who did get it like myself and then ended up with Delta. It almost seems like a who for the med, the uh, drug companies, even though they can't be sued anyway, because now they say, well, how do you know that came from the, the, the um, vaccine? Maybe it came from the COVID you had. Yeah, and, uh, well, that's the thing is you don't, I mean, and that's that's one of the big things about COVID is I don't think when you get it, you don't necessarily know who you got it from. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I slept with, my wife and I slept in the same bed when I had it. Yep, same here. You know, and everything. And she never got it. That's the way we worked. Carrie got the, we believe the, well, she, it was the original variant because she got it early. And I didn't get it, and then I ended up with what we believe was the Delta variant, and she didn't get it. Um, I don't know if this is a symptom of long hauler, or maybe I'm just getting old and delicate in my age. But within like the last three months, I've noticed now. And I used to be one of these cats. I would wear like the um, Nautica Sport body spray or the old or the uh, Old Spice body spray. I've noticed, and it, was, it hit me at the gym tonight. It hits me when I go to the grocery store and I'm around old ladies. 
I don't know if this is a long hauling thing from COVID or once again, I'm just getting delicate my old age. But now anytime I smell any cologne or perfume, it just smells like someone's covered in, they're like, to me, it smells like their clothes got cat piss on it and they're, they're, they're spraying the perfume to cover it up. All I smell is the cat piss smell for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, really? Never happening before until like the last three months. I was at the gym tonight. Dude, walk. There's a lot of tweakers running around your neighborhood. No, it, and like a lot of it's these old ladies who there's they wear these perfumes. Spinsters. Or if I walk down the um the shampoo and deodorant aisle and body spray aisle at Publix, I it's to me it smells like cat piss, and I do not know why. It's never been an issue for about smell? two months. What's that? Did you, lose, did you lose your smell or your taste? No, not at all. And that's the weird thing. Carrie yeah. did. She did the whole bit into the onion thing. Um, for her, when she first lost her smell, everything smelled like an ashtray. And then even worse, it converted to everything smelled like your clothes after you've been sitting around a campfire all weekend. So for like uh, two months, only thing she could smell is campfire smell. That's similar to Katina. She actually, she lost her smell worse than I did. But for the longest time until about recently, everything, every, any type of meat we'd cook would smell rotten to her. Ugh. Let me ask yeah. you this. You got, you got kids, don't you, RJ? Yeah, they're grown. But yeah, my I've got grandkids now. Okay, how old are your grandkids? Uh, let's see. I think Blakelin is four and a half, and then little Houston is. Uh, let's see. I think he'll be two. So December. Okay, they're a little young, but so we know. Last two years, schools have been shut down. Even here in Florida, for you know a year they were, and they're doing the online schooling, and everything was all COVID all the time. So they weren't concerned about scaring the shit out of kids, right? My daughter is 14 and uh, middle school, and she just keeps coming home oblivious about the Ukraine thing. And I asked her tonight at dinner, I was like, do they talk about Ukraine at school at all? No, somebody brought up in science class, and we were told it's not appropriate for school. Oh, so that's the bigger, scarier story that you don't want to fill them with, unlike COVID? That's kind of my point. It's like... my, my first instinct is to be a little annoyed and pissed off that they don't want to talk about such a important current event at school. But then the other side of me is saying, well, is that where I want her to hear about it? It's from, <laughs> from school where a lot of those people might have some leanings that I have don't they, uh, enjoy. Have they brought back duck and cover? <laughs> but yeah, you know? she said that they don't talk about school. It's not appropriate conversation for school. It's like uh, the biggest world event. Appropriate. Yeah. I think it's I think it's kind of I think it's kind of odd, weird, funny, whatever the whatever the term that so many people um, are just like, I stand with Ukraine and I get it right. They're being attacked. They didn't do anything. They had free elections. You know, Zelensky was duly elected, you know. But it's interesting because, you know, now Zelensky and the government are handing their citizens machine guns, weapons, you know. AKs, whatever it may be. Um, and most of the people on the far left side, right, they're like, I stand with Ukraine. And it's like, well, what if our government was, what if we were getting attacked and our government was handing out guns? Yeah. It is ironic. I think that- they would be for it then. And that's just the thing that drives me nuts is the same people who are against guns are for this. I'm like, well, what's, you, you're, you're not being very genuine because. These people in Ukraine who weren't allowed to have firearms would actually be a lot more proficient if they had firearms and they were able to practice and go out instead of shooting their foot when they first get it. And that's a good point. Um, A lot of the people in the reenacting world, they acquire the M1 Garands through a program that was actually 
in do, in, was passed by Congress after World War I. It's called the Civilian Marksmanship Program. And the whole concept was, is let's teach our civilians how to be marksmen in case we ever have a world world on our soil. This is prior to World War II. Our people would be able to defend themselves. And throughout the country, they would have shooting competitions, and you could get military surplus weapons at a discounted rate. Now, obviously, you're not going to go on there and buy M16s, but to this date, you can go on to CMP.com, and depending on their availability, you can get M1 Garands, you can get M1 Carbeams. For a while, they imported a bunch of 1911s from Korea that were in warehouses. Those sold out like freaking quick. But they still have the, the CMP, the Civilian Marksmanship Program, is still a thing. No one knows about it outside the World War II and the M1 Garen collecting community. But that was something our Congress did is we need to encourage our people to be proficient with firearms for well, natu- yeah. national defense. And at the very least, it would make good hunters out of them, right? They could mm-hmm. actually hit hit their target, which actually brings me to something I think is weird. So back in Ohio and in Kentucky, you had to wear the, the blaze orange with your, your shit, right? Yeah. Out here in Nevada? Nope. You were as camoed as camoed can be. No yeah. orange anywhere. Well, I think the yeah. argument could be made, though, is the your Nevadas, your Colorados, your Texas. Yeah, it's more spread out. It's wide, yeah. wide sparse. Whereas in your Kentucky, the Ohio, Illinois, you got a bunch of people in small acreage of public land, all fighting for the same twenty-three deer, and they're out there deer hunting on two acres. Yeah, exactly. And if you watch Meat Eater. <laughs> If you watch Meat Eater, he he grew up in Michigan. He talks about, you know, the horrible deer hunting back then. Um, Let's change up a little bit. Um, Here's something we haven't done in a while. Let's see. Episode board, episode board. Here we go. You ever have that thing where you think you know someone as well as you could possibly know anyone and then one day you were totally wrong? That was something what your mom did. You don't have much time. You have to leave. Can't talk to anyone, okay? No calls, no texting, nothing. There are just some things you don't understand. Every time I think I get closer to knowing her, I slip away. We all do things we'd rather forget. Mom, just tell me the truth. Who are you? The Netflix series Pieces of Her follows the story of Andy who was caught in a deadly mass shooting at a local diner. Moments later, she witnesses her mother, Laura, violently eliminating the threat with ease. As Andy begins to unravel her mother's actions on that very day, her perspective of their entire family relationship takes a new turn. Soon after, figures from her mother's past reappear, and as she is forced to escape while on her journey, she attempts to piece together the remnants of truth of her mother's long-buried past. This is a great show. Uh, we just finished. I don't know if the season... It's a great elevator pitch. 
I don't know if season two is a thing. Um, stars Tony Collette. You guys probably know her from what was that? The Many Minds of Tara, where she was like a schizophrenic. I was on HBO. Oh, United States of Tara. Yeah, Tara. United yeah. yeah um, Bella, Bella Heathcote plays Andy, her daughter. Omar Hardwick is Gordon Oliver, um, Laura's ex-husband. David Wayman is Jasper, her brother. Um, Wait a second. And Jacob, I'm sorry, uh, Joe Dempsey. Um, for some reason, they don't give credit to one of the main stars who plays on Yellowstone as the um, archetype on the Native American side. He plays a huge role. For some reason, on this Wikipedia, they don't give him any credit. But uh, the acting is fantastic. There's a lot of suspense. It's really this is one of those shows that's hard to talk about without giving it away because as soon as the the thing starts, but the the things it's got going for it. Right now, the young kids love the 1980s. Um, the mother's backstory takes place around in 1988. Um, so a lot of 80 flashback stuff. Um, it's interesting. Um, they incorporate a lot of the 80s anti-yuppie culture and the anti-Reagan stuff. That plays a big part of it. It's As you heard, it's a suspenseful thriller. And they do a very... This is one of those shows where there's no defined bad guy. You know, like season... I mean, episode like one through five, they'll start to develop a character you think is the bad guy. And the character you think is a good guy, then around episode six through eight, it starts to transition. So by the end of the season, you don't know who you feel sorry for and who the bad guy and who the good guy is. We all know Tony Collette is a fantastic actress. Everybody, top down, all the actors in this are very, very good. Um, there's a few things, you know, the suspension of belief you got to do with. But if you guys are looking for a good thriller to watch on Netflix, check out Pieces of Her. That is my suggestion for this week's Netflix binge-worthy show of the week. And like I said, it's really hard. It's one of those shows you just don't want to give too much away because you don't want to spoil all the twists and turns. Very good. Real quick drink check. I noticed RJ has a... Yeah, uh, I noticed that earlier too. Has, what are you drinking today? Don's got larceny. There you go. What is that? It is Duke's Kentucky bourbon. Yeah, you got to forgive me. I'm looking at a monitor that's 12 feet away from me, so <laughs> that's why my eyes are casting up. Very good. I've just got uh, Dewar's and some AK-47 coffee. So that's like right. John Wayne Duke? Yeah, and it was actually, uh, you the know, when we, were, when we were on set uh, for a walking point, Ed... Ed, you know, the star of Walking mm -hmm. Point was a dog named Duke, and so Ed gave us this uh, this bottle. So I just, actually, I just took a picture of it and texted it to him. I always let him know when I'm drinking it. You know, oh, very good. So for our new listeners out there, can you uh, let them know where you can find Walking Point? Is it uh, still Walking out there? Is it still it available? Is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's still out on uh, Amazon Prime. We just uh, we just finished our very last film festival. You know, COVID. It would kind of knocked us out of the entire film festival run. We did a lot of online festivals, which is not the same. Um, but uh, out of the last, out of all the festivals, I think we were, we probably hit about 30 or so of them and won dozens of awards out of it. And we just finished up in Austin at the Austin Revolution, uh, Austin Revolution Film Festival, where we uh, were, uh, you know, kind of honored to bring home the best military themed film. And for local Very news, good. for those of you watching here in Southwest Florida, um, the ending half of that movie was filmed out on Boquilla, actually technically St. James City area. So um, if you want to like... Shout ooh, out to Palm Co. Palm Co., absolutely. And um, 
that's where I, I met up with you guys and we spent the day yeah. out there and that rap party was still one of the, my most enjoyable, um, onsite interviews I've ever done for the, what's the scub up podcast. And, um, I, that, I just love looking at those pictures and going back to that night. That was a good time. Yeah, it was so much fun. I mean, we were so lucky to have folks like, uh, I mean, just everybody, you, everybody to have Obi and Fumi who were our Japanese actors to, to join us. I mean, they flew in all the way from LA just to be a part of the, just to be a part of it. It's amazing. That was a fun party though. Are you currently working on any new screenplays or are you just kind of uh, chilling for a while? No, I've, I've got a couple in the works. Um, yeah, that 30 actually, days may have given him an opportunity. <laughs> I know. You know what? And I told myself, I'm going to write like a son of a bitch in those 30 days. And I did not touch a page. <laughs> that's how it usually works out. <laughs> I know. I just couldn't find the motivation. Well, as I say, that that's one of those things you really can't push yeah. the uh, the envelope. when it, You can't force that sort of writing or it's just, it comes off no. so labored and just kind of pandering almost. From a screenwriting standpoint, I mean, my part is, is I mean, I can't get out there and write until you just kind of feel it. And then, you know, I'll go 30 days without writing anything. Then I'll knock out 15 pages, which is, you know, a fifth of a script. Just got to let know. it develop naturally, right? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you just, Sometimes I do an outline, sometimes I don't. But I'm working on a script right now with a, with a comedian. His name's Tommy Barrett. And ironically, he also played the serial killer in a film that we did a long time ago called Tartarus. Tommy moved out to L.A., was doing great out there, took his brand-new daughter and his wife out there, moved out there, and then COVID hit. Oh, boy. So he had had an opportunity. He was out there doing the the comedy store and all the all the cool places nope. and everything. And COVID hit and just kind of shut it all down for him. He stayed out there for another year. He was like, "Screw this!" He moved back to Houston. So him and I are working on a script called uh, "Baby Dash: The Story of a Champion Speedwalker." <laughs> so he's one of the comedian. He's one of the guys that uh, doing a pop can't up show. Say that Joe Rogan brought him to Texas, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he went. He was. Tommy's from Texas, then he went out to L.A., and then, yeah, him and Joe pretty much came back at the same time. They were like, I can't stay out here anymore. <laughs> but he, he's and a now guy. for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. Hey, everybody. This is a friendly reminder that TikTok isn't real, in that when real people have a problem with somebody, they don't do their makeup, make sure they have a ring light, check their audio levels, and then cry on the Internet. If you have a problem with somebody, you address it with them individually. Side note to everybody out there who's using that audio, you fucking knew! I cherish every single one of you, and it's just proof that the internet does not give a fuck about people's feelings. Making a video like that is the equivalent of standing on the street corner and screaming at the top of your lungs that your wife's meatloaf wasn't good last night. It's ridiculous. Hey, everybody. This is a friendly reminder that TikTok... And this has been the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. Do-do-do-do-do. I think we're almost um, down for the news. I'm just... Cat P, we talked about that. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, I have a story before we get to the news. Um, <laughs> Fort Myers man arrested for stealing and trying to sell golf carts. Ah, crap, that story's got no just teasing. <laughs> North Fort Myers, Florida, North Fort Myers man was arrested for stealing golf carts and trying to sell them. Samuel Rutherford was arrested for grand theft and dealing and stolen property charges, according to the Lee County Sheriff's Office, because they got nothing better to do. Communities along North Cleveland Avenue have been, quote-unquote, plagued with golf cart thefts since January, deputies say. 
the North District Criminal Investigation Unit started conducting operations to find the suspect and stop the trend. Because after all, golf carts, we've got to keep them. Rutherford became a suspect when the detectives learned that he traded and stolen golf carts at a business in Brooksfield. By the way, that means this guy is stealing golf carts here in North Fort Myers, putting them on a trailer and or in the back of a truck and driving them like three and a half hours. Brookfield, Florida is not that close. Uh, I just lost my place. I have family that lives in Brookfield. Yep. They, Brooksville, Brooksville was known for years yeah. for doing the Brooksville raid, Civil War reenactment for the longest time, but they cut it off after 30 years. Okay, Brooksfield uh, said the golf cart was worth $5,000 when stolen from the Horizon Village in North Fort Myers on March 3rd. The golf cart was found at the intersection of Lakesville Boulevard and North Cleveland Avenue, tethered to another golf cart, according to investigators. The golf carts were listed for sale with signs and phone numbers. That's smart. The phone numbers belonged to Rutherford, and deputies said they were able to arrange a sales transaction. Rutherford was taken into custody... And is at the Lee County Jail, and this guy looks exactly the way you're 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 picturing him. Um, he almost, he's got all his teeth. No, he his mouth is closed. He looks like he's probably in his late fifties, balding, and just got the bulldog jaws and just mean mugging the camera because after all, he did nothing wrong. All good stories start with Florida man arrested. Yeah, That's just we. We have radio shows here in Houston and that they have the Florida Man Arrested segments. Speaking of Florida Man Arrested segments. From the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? I am doing good. However, not a Florida man. We have a Florida woman. Uh oh. Woman is accused of killing her boyfriend in an interstate rundown. So wait a second. This is out of Mobile, Alabama, which is making me think that. If you're a Florida couple, don't go on a road trip out of state uh, between that and the last horrible incident. <clears throat> a Florida woman is making a cross-country drive with her boyfriend, allegedly let him out on the inter- on Interstate 10 and then intentionally ran him down and killed oh. Joanna Cerez, 37 of Miami, was jailed on the charge of murder and the death of Henry Hernandez, 48. The man was found dead early Sunday along Interstate 10 west of Mobile, Alabama. A judge refused to set bond for Cerez on Tuesday after prosecutors said that she has no ties to the area and was a threat to flee. A flight risk. (laughs) But the decision could be considered on a hearing Thursday. So the two were westbound for California, and they spent Saturday night in Mississippi. Captain, according to Captain Paul Birch of the Mobile County Sheriff's Office, he said they got up early Sunday and then they headed off in the wrong direction. Oh, I see where this is going. Somebody was going the wrong way and wasn't listening to her. Somebody refused uh, to ask for directions, even though that you should yeah. have a GPS on your fucking uh, burner phone. So, uh, California, blah, blah, blah. I lost my spot. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Doggo. It's usually the time of night Bebop makes an appearance. I don't know where she's at. Uh, it's funny. We said Gordon Oliver. I'm Gordon, and I have a dog named Oliver. Um, so they head in wrong directions. This, of course, resulted in an argument that ended up with Hernandez getting out of the vehicle, probably because he's angry with his belongings just miles into Alabama. So she oh, drove away. 
She didn't get too far away. She turned around after driving away, began traveling westbound on eastbound in the eastbound lanes of I-10, striking him at a high rate of speed and pretty much uh, killing him instantly. So, lesson of the day. Life choices, choices in life. You might do it once, but you won't do it twice. That is clear. Can you imagine making it to 48 and being in a position that you're with a female companion that has the ability to run your ass down? Something tells me these weren't two quality uh, fine American specimens, if you know what I mean. Well, and you know that she was intending on killing him because according to the car computer, she was traveling at 73 miles an hour Ooh. upon impact. That'll leave a crack in the old windshield. Yeah. Um, that's called throwing him clear. Now, not uh, to get too gross or too descript here, but I remember when I lived in Ohio, my ex-wife was borrowing, well, she wasn't my ex-wife then, but she is now. She was borrowing her dad's van. And she was coming back from Kentucky to which she ran over a deer that had already been ran over, which then left meat and parts on the exhaust pipe, which then Ugh. the heat generated a nice barbecue smell. Mm, when one yeah. runs Cooking over venison while running down the road. When huh? one runs over a forty eight year old lover, does that sort of thing happen and what kind of smell does that produce? Thanks, dude. Speaking from experience. <laughs> You know, I thought he say, was 35 when you ran him over. It is an ongoing case. You guys are history buffs. Yeah, a little bit. A helmet worn by Amelia Earhart sells in Cleveland. I got how much? I got to step out of this because I know the answer, so I'll leave it to RJ. How much did it go for? Yeah, hundred percent guess. Now hold on, before you do this, this was a helmet that she wore when she was passengers and training this wasn't one of the helmets she wore when she did her international flights yes yeah, she wore the same they, helmet the following year <laughs> woman's air national derby an all-female race in santa monica let's see I, i'm gonna go with you know the female thing is really big i think today was national women's day right i, I don't know maybe according to pornhub that go for I'm going to go for 750000 And you are close. Close, I think. Hold on. 25 I was going to say, I think they... 825 Oh. The original reserve was 80000 They thought that maybe they'd get between eighty and 100000 and went for $825,000. Man, if I was on prices Right, I would have come close to winning both those showcases. Yeah, but that son yeah, of no, a bitch... That guy would have beat you by a dollar, I was going to say, that motherfucker <laughs> next to you would have went, went, yeah, went one dollar over. 850 Oh, oh, one. Ah, oh, that guy. There's always that guy. Yeah, there's always that guy. That's, yes. si that's the guy whose mom still dresses him at the age of 35. What's interesting is uh, she wore the same helmet the following year in the Women's National, National Air Derby at all-female race from Santa Monica, California, to Cleveland. Thousands of spectators had greeted the famous aviator when she landed her single-engine Lockheed Vega in Cleveland Airfield, and she lost the helmet in the crush. Yeah, I think, of people yeah, somebody gaffled it off her head. So basically, the person who paid $825,000 is dealing in stolen property. Artifacts. And I'm sure that the uh, people from the uh, Amelia Earhart family would want that back. Hey, for $825,000, you can have it back. San Diego, California. Shithole. I like San Diego, man. It's actually one of the least shitholes of the shitholy cities out there. It's not saying much. Well, you know, <laughs> at least it's a little more red. Anyway, uh, just a little. Uh, authorities seized nearly $3 million of 
worth of methamphetamine. It was hidden in a shipment of onions. That old gag. During the old tractor-trailer inspection at the federal facility in San Diego, officials announced on Friday. A canine unit, just saw one pop up on the screen there, uh, for the U.S. Customs and Border Protection alerted to the trailer's shipment of onions on Sunday, where the officers found nearly 1,200 small packages of meth, according to the agency. The 46-year-old driver, a Mexican national who was not named, was arrested for allegedly... Yeah, he doesn't want his head on a fucking pike. Uh, was arrested allegedly for narcotic smuggling attempt at the Ote Mesa Port of Entry commercial vehicle facility. Packages of meth, more than 1,336 pounds, were shipped in small globes of white with white coverings, according to the agency, meant to blend into the onions. The drug are estimated worth... 2.9 million on the street. So, uh, yeah, another uh, another fool got caught. How much were the onions worth, I wonder? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The price of vegetables. And if produce, it was avocados, right? it may have been close. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, wow. And then one more. And this is a, this, this goes back to a, to a bronze bell cast in 1834 in Paul Revere's Massachusetts family has come home. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with that Rob and me. My team! had a little horsey named Paul Revere. Just me and my horsey in a court of beer. So capping a nearly two-century cross-country odyssey that said it was hauled by ox cart to churches in Ohio before it languished for decades in a California garage. After a weeks-long journey across the U.S., the historical bell was returned Friday to the site where it was created 188 years ago. According to Kylie Nichols, a spokesperson for the Paul Revere Heritage Site located in Canton, just south of Boston, the museum said the 1,000-pound bell was made by revolution- the Revolutionary War Patriot's son, Joseph Warren Revere, who took over his father's foundry in 1804. In 1984, real estate agent... Gene Shanks, sorry, became the Bell's accidental owner. I don't know how you become an accidental owner of a thousand pound Bell, but hey, there you go. She helped uh, broker sale of the what was once the First Baptist Church in Vermilion, Ohio, to a fitness center, but the gym didn't want the heavy Bell, not knowing the historical value, of course, and the Shanks didn't feel good about it being scrapped. So she made a $1,000 donation to the church in exchange for the bell, which earlier had adorned a belfry at the First Presbyterian Church of Cleveland. So when Shanks and her husband Robert retired to, in Chino Hills, California, they hauled the bell with them. Man, a thousand dollars money. dragging that thing up, you know, especially today, right? <laughs> uh, it became a joke of the family, said Shanks' daughter, uh, Amy Miller, 66, who is a psychologist in Chino Hills. Uh, they opened the door to the garage and ring the bell every 4th of July. People would look at it and say, what the heck is that? It sounds like they had actually a pretty good sense of humor. Um, and some reverence for some reverence for history. After the parents' death, Miller and her uh, 69-year-old brother, retired Ford Motor Company executive Robert L. Shanks Jr. of Miami, moved the bell to Miller's garage where it sat since 2009. A collector in Texas offered 50 k for the bill which bears Revere's um, imprinture, 
But after mark, he casually mentioned he'd melt it down if he uh, decided not to keep it, the what siblings the f- spurred on an offer. Yeah, I was about to say. So Miller did some online sleuthing, figured out the, where the belt was forged, and decided to donate it to the Massachusetts Museum so public could view and appreciate it. And that's a good thing they did because some just imagine how much history's just been destroyed out of ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's- this concludes the evening news, and now back to the Act Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. This episode of the What's in Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends at Act Computers. Act Computers has been providing IT solutions for all of Southwest Florida since 2003. And even if you don't live in Southwest Florida, they can help you via their website and remote login. So give them a call at 239-283-1120 or email them through their Facebook page. Once again, that's 239-283-1120. And if you want to support the show, please head over to whatsinyourhead.com or d-410.com. Click on that Patreon link and sign up. It's only a dollar a month, and that dollar goes a long way. And if you haven't done so, please head over to YouTube, look for Digital 410, and like and subscribe. And before we wrap it up, I've been saving my half-assed reviews for the YouTube channel, but i got a half-assed review tonight because I'm wearing a pair of Wrangler jeans. Gordon, how do you feel about Wrangler jeans? Ah. Perfectly said. <laughs> uh, I, I had no a, feelings about them. So. I had a commercial here. Oh, going back to the 1980s, I was watching this spot tonight, and the best part is at the very end, he picks up like this 19-year-old cowgirl and smacks her on the ass right at the end of the commercial. Here comes Wrangler. He's one tough customer. He likes life lean and a bit that's clean, yeah. When he says jeans, he means Wrangler. Wrangler's Honest Styles were born in the West to look their best anywhere, top to bottom. Here comes Wrangler, and he's one tough customer, and he knows what he likes when he sees it. They say he knows what he likes when he sees and it's like this 19-year-old girl in a pair of tight wranglers. He literally smacks her on the ass. reason I bring this up is before the JCPenney went out of sale and I went and bought all up their, all their Levi jeans for super cheap, I was buying some wranglers. I have three pairs of wranglers. They all fit well, but all three in the goddamn button has popped off. Um, oh, fun fact, Wrangler and Lee are the same, com- same company now. N- but now, but they need to like double down on the um, area where the uh, snap goes through. It's the male side, so... I have like three pairs of Wranglers I'm going to have the button reapplied to. So just keep that in mind. Maybe pay the extra $20, get yourself a pair of Levi's because I got a bunch of those and I have no problems with them. I'm going to wear my Wranglers to the Houston Rodeo Thursday night. I have not. We, you know, we have a rodeo out in Lee. You see a lot of chick trucks with the old, I go nuts for Wrangler butt stickers on the back of their truck there. Yeah, that's everywhere. <laughs> that has got to be everywhere in Texas. <laughs> It was uh, in Montana. <laughs> they have the they have the rodeo out in Lehigh. I've never been because we have a lot of floor crackers. Um, Carrie's ex husband interest or ex boyfriend was actually a bull rider, but um, I so, can the, I, go ahead. I was going to say that the rodeo here in Houston it's it's a thirty day I think it's like a thirty day rodeo and wow every night they have a big carnival out there then they have you know a bunch of vendors out there then they do the rodeo and then it, following the rodeo they have a concert so i think yeah. we're, we're gonna see journey i think showing your age now <laughs> well yeah. don may not know this but actually vegas is a pretty big rodeo town until they lost oh, the yeah. national, national yeah. finals rodeo to texas but they do still have the pbr nationals yeah. here so uh they call that cowboy christmas it happens every december you know that's carrie's oh, watching carrie's watching yellowstone with me and then uh, did you ever watch 
on the first episode, the first season of The Last Cowboy before they put it on the streaming service, Gordon. Mm-mm. It was put on by the, the guy who makes Yellowstone, and it was about the cutters, the, the people you see on the show riding all the horses and shit. Yeah. They actually did a full season. It's called The Last Cowboy, and they were following him around, and they made a reality show. It was really cool, and now it's on the streaming service, but... You know, like I said, Carrie's ex-boyfriend was a, a, a writer, and she'd go to the radio all the time. She's like, I've never seen that cutting stuff before. So apparently Yellowstone's doing a real good job of bringing that shit out of the shadows because a lot of people weren't familiar with that in the radio side where they make the horses do the slides and the, the, mm-hmm. the all that stuff. It's That's a pretty damn good show. So um, if you're interested in that stuff, I think it's on Streaming Plus now. Well, Don, if you, uh, I think Paramount Plus is having a deal for like a dollar for three months, a dollar a month for three months. Check out 1883. Now, what you do is you sign up for like the three, three, seven days. Yes. Yeah. And that is some of the finest acting I think I've seen Sam Elliott do. So when you go into a period picture there, uh, RJ, (laughs) we need to Uh, go into a period picture. You know, I was, um, Chelsea and I went to Dallas to see uh, Liza. She played Emily in Walking Point. We were having dinner and beers and stuff with uh her and her husband, Sam, and she's actually uh, doing a Western right now with um, the guy who played our sergeant, Carl, the coach, Bailey. And uh, I've been following her on Instagram, and she was telling us about it when we are up there. She's out there filming another period piece. She's in love with those things. She loves period pieces. Sure. She gets uh, wear all the am cool I going to do another one? I don't I have no idea. No idea. I don't. I don't know. We'll have to get together and figure out something. Maybe we'll do a... Why are you biting me? I hope you're talking to an animal of some sort. But uh, I, I think on that note... 15-year-old cat who's not getting enough tension because I, the Oliver the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel is taking it all. So, yep. If you leave whiskey in a barrel for several years, the whiskey will get better. same is not true for people that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the what's in your head podcast thank you guys so much for hanging out with us please like and subscribe on amazon if you're not amazon but apple podcast if you haven't done so and even better than that share us with the like-minded friends and help get the word out i want to thank each and every one of you for hanging out with us each week thank you rj nevins for joining us for this week's episode thank you gordon for uh, always being here with us And as always, we will talk to you all next week. This has been a Digital 410 production. (laughs) 